I had my baby. Final guesses, boy or girl? It's a boy! We welcomed Colt David Chenoweth on April 16th at 7.28 p.m. He weighed 7 pounds, 15 ounces, 19 and a half inches long. Welcome everybody to episode 35 of Starting Sustainability. I have been absent for quite some time because I had a baby and life has been total chaos between a toddler and a baby and quarantine which means no help. <laughs> and I have been functioning off of naps, basically. Okay, let me back up and fill you in with the details. This kid did not come on his due date, and I opted to have him induced. We didn't know if it was going to be boy or girl at the time, but now I'm going to say him as default. Anyway, so we got him induced on April 16th, and going to the hospital during the coronavirus is a very different experience. You can only have one visitor, so my husband came, and you cannot leave. Therefore, you cannot forget anything at home. So when we had our first kid, my husband was able to go home back and forth each day and get change of clothes, take care of the animals, and that was our plan until coronavirus hit. And so now we had to be trapped in the room with me, poor guy. But he carried on well. So it was actually quite nice to have the induction because then we could plan for it. So we were able to get everything packed up and ready the night before. We were able to get the dog to the boarding place and get our son to the sitters and everything. And that way we didn't have to worry about rushing because I was screaming in pain or anything because we were we had the time to plan. Once we got to the hospital... They took our temperatures upon entering the hospital and asked us questions like if we've been sick, if we've traveled, if we know of any exposures to the coronavirus, and then they gave us masks. <laughs> then we walked down to the maternity ward where, again, they took our temperatures and asked us all the exact same questions. Once we were admitted into the maternity ward, that's when it kicked in where my neither myself nor my husband could leave the maternity ward unless the hospital. If he had to leave to go to his car to get something, that was it. He could not come back. So he was trapped in the room with me. Now for the birth story, because a lot of people ask. Because I was getting induced, I did opt for the epidural. And a few hours later, the pump stopped working. But we didn't know it at the time. All of a sudden, I just kept feeling the contractions and it. At first it was minor, kind of like little gas pains, and it got stronger and stronger. And after two hours, we finally figured out that it was the pump that had stopped working. But by then I was screaming my head off because the I got the full effect of natural childbirth. <laughs> and other we did finally get the pump working again, but then we had some other issues, like both mine and the baby's heart rate kept dropping, so that was not fun. We had to wear a mask the entire time, so that also stunk. And I only had to do it for, well, the labor lasted 12 hours, so I do feel bad for nurses and doctors and anybody else that has to wear a mask all day long every single day because it is extremely annoying and in the way. Imagine during the delivery where I had to keep pushing, every time I would, you almost like crunch up forward to flex your abs and get a good push in and my mask would fly up over my eyes and my face <laughs> and you have to push and hold it for 10 seconds three times and you can go back and breathe so then I would come back and take my hands and pull the mask back down just to turn around and lean forward again and have it fly up over my face so that was <laughs> extremely annoying 
and I pushed so hard that I actually threw up. So don't worry, I ripped the mask off for that one. <laughs> and the baby's heart rate still kept dropping a lot and we were getting very scared. And the doctor was like, you need to get him out right now. You've got to push, you've got to push. And I was really trying. He ended up having to get the vacuum thing and put it on the baby's head and help pull the baby out to get him out faster. And it ended up being that the cord was actually wrapped around him twice. It was around his neck and his body. So every time I would push and he would go through, the cord would pull really tight. And that's why his heart rate kept dropping. He was in distress. We had to get him out quickly. The doctor did say that the cord was so long that he could play jump rope with it. So that was a nice humorous moment. But Colt came out purple, very purple, due to the lack of the oxygen and the blood flow. And it definitely took some time to get his vitals back to normal. So it was a, it was a bumpy road. There was about three hours later before he was completely good to go. And then we could start taking pictures and sending texts out to everybody, letting them know that he was here. During the coronavirus, the hospital was extremely peaceful and quiet because there really weren't any other visitors. So that was pretty nice. And it just gave my husband and I an, a really nice moment of time to bond. He and I, because it's been a long time since we've even had a date night or a chance to bond because we have a little toddler at home. But also time to bond with the newborn. So that was really wonderful. Eh, you can hear him in the background. He's making some noises. I've got about 20, 30 minutes before this kid gets hungry again. Anyways, once we came home, everything was definitely quite the blur, and it still is. I have to feed about every three hours, and I'm basically functioning off of naps, which takes a while to get used to. Really, you just get used to being tired. <laughs> That's what I've learned. My routine is I get up at 6.30 in the morning, and I get myself and the toddler ready. I take the toddler to daycare, come home and feed Colt, get about one to two hours of productivity time, which has turned into eating, showering, giving the baby a bath, maybe a load of laundry. I can unload the dishwasher, pay bills, make a grocery list, all that really exciting stuff. Oh, and, and take him to the doctor because the doctors have to see him right away. So that was a couple of days, right? Take him to the doctor appointment, do weight checks, lactation consultants. That pretty much like soaks up all your free time right there. Then I make lunch, feed Colt. Then I get to eat my cold lunch. Sometimes I'll get a nap in the afternoon, and basically once I wake up from the nap, my husband's home, toddler's home, we get dinner going, and then it's the whole evening routine of eat and clean up and feed everybody, get ready for bed, and then all night long I get to sleep in one hour increments <laughs> and do about two to three feedings, So it's uh, and then I'm up at 6.30 in the morning again, so it's, it's rough, it's rough. That's why it's taken me so long to get, I, I stupidly thought I would get this podcast out. I was like, as soon as he's born, I'm going to announce it to everybody on the podcast and it's going to be great. And that was just not the reality, but it was, <laughs> it was a good hope of mine. <laughs> but because of the quarantine virus, we really don't have any visitors. So the nice part is that I don't have to do a mad dash to clean the house or play hostess. However, there really aren't any extra hands to help. And it, it's very easy to feel blue because it's I mean, don't worry, I, I don't have postpartum depression, but I do feel sad because I did a lot of work for 40 weeks. That's 10 months. I created this baby, went through the labor and delivery, and I can't even show them off. I can't have my parents or my siblings come visit by or close friends, church friends. Nobody's able to come by and help or even see them. I can't schedule newborn photos. 
no church baptism, all that's put on hold, and it that kind of stinks. And I made the mistake of making a list of all the things that needed to get done. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm home on maternity leave. I've got six weeks. Let's get some stuff knocked out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I've had a kid before. I don't know why I set myself up for failure. But I made the list of all the things that need to get done. And then at the end of the day, I'd only get like two things checked off of that list. And that didn't help. And my back and hips, oh, they were so bad before I delivered. I really could not walk. I literally sat in the wheeled office chair and just wheeled myself around the house. I even borrowed a cane from a friend, and I still could not walk around the house. It was so bad. So after birth, I was like, yes, I'll get my old body back. It'll be great. But it was about a whole week later before I could walk around the house. It was still painful, but it was now like a pain scale 5 versus a 10 before. It was better. And then... After two weeks, I was like, let's walk around the block. And it it took time. I could, I could walk around the block, but I would feel every bit of it, which only fed into my frustration that I still didn't have my body back and that I still could not be the optimal mom that I wanted to be. So I had to really focus on switching my mindset to positive things. And I really want to share this with everybody. I'm not saying that it's I'm a mental health expert. This is what worked for me. And so if you're experiencing something like this just from quarantine or your own personal life going on. These are the things that I did that helped me and I hope that maybe they'll help you too. I really had to switch my mindset to positive things. I made sure to go outside when the weather was nice, even if it was only for 10 minutes. Just getting outside when it's sunny makes me feel better and I just kept attempting to walk and stretch every day and I would get a little bit further and I could stretch a little bit more and I could feel the muscles loosening up and kind of getting back to where they needed to be. I added in ab workouts and back strengthening exercises because now I could actually lay on my stomach and I can do back exercises and strengthen it up, which again hurt, but every day I did a little bit more and a little bit more and I had to keep focusing on my new accomplishments. And then I started journaling and I did this to sort out emotions and feelings and to document funny moments or good mama moments or these cute little things that my newborn was doing, just stuff to help cheer me up. And then this last one, which is the best one, I heard of this thing called a Tada list. And it's from a podcast that I listened to. And I really wish that I could remember the originator because even the podcast was saying this other person came up with this list and I cannot remember that person's name and I'm so sorry. But they came up with this Tada list. So instead of making a to-do list that you fall short on, you make a Tada list. And you write down all the things that you accomplished that day. And I mean everything that I accomplished. I got the toddler ready. (laughs) I got him up and out of bed and I got him to pee in the potty. Check. I fed him breakfast. Check. I got him to daycare with the newborn. I got both kids loaded up in the car before noon. Check. I drank a bottle of water. Check. That's important. There were literally about three days in a row where I was getting ready for bed. I'm like, man, I'm so thirsty. And I would chug like three bottles of water and I sat there and thought about, I didn't drink any water today. I need to put that on my list. (laughs) I need to remember to drink water. I answered three phone calls because nobody can come by and visit. So they'll call and chat and they'll chat for a while, 20, 30 minutes, which is a long time when you only have one hour of time to function in between feedings. (laughs) You know what else made the list? I took a freaking shower. (laughs) That took me a few days, but I finally was able to take a shower. But you get my point. It's the to list of all the little things that you accomplish. Little things still add up. 
Even though I've kind of been slacking in the podcast realm, I have found it a lot easier to be more active on the Facebook group. Hopefully many of you have joined on to the Starting Sustainability Facebook group. Our numbers are growing, which is really cool. It's I used to get maybe one or two requests to be added a week, and now I'm almost getting one to two requests to be added every day, which is great. And I really want to thank everybody who is active on the Facebook group who have joined in and they're sharing posts and they're generating conversations. And I really love seeing that happen. That makes me feel so good because normally I would focus every single day. I wanted to have at least one post on there to keep it active and keep information flowing. And I've kind of been slacking lately. So I really appreciate everybody else who stepped up and they started sharing all of their stuff. It's, it's so wonderful. It's just a a relief off of my end. It's one less thing that I have to worry about. So that, thank you. Thank you to everybody who's active on there. Unfortunately, I missed out on Earth Day and Stop Food Waste Day and even Cinco de Mayo. And I really wanted to put a podcast together. The desire was there. The Just the timing and the functioning was not. But Mother's Day is coming up. So let's focus on that. But first, I do want to do a quick Quick recap, because I wasn't able to get episodes published. So I hope that you were able to do something for Earth Day, whether it was planting a tree or starting a garden or just taking your kids for a a (laughs) a nature scavenger hunt, or even just starting one of your sustainable New Year's resolutions. Don't forget about those. It was only four months ago. No, five months ago. It's May now. Oh my gosh. So review those. And even if you missed Earth Day which was Wednesday, April 22nd. It is not too late, and the Earth is still here, so you can do a delayed celebration, and that's perfectly okay. And I also missed Stop Food Waste Day. For those of you who don't know, that was Wednesday, April 29th. I first heard about this two years ago, so I think it's still catching on, but it's mostly just bringing awareness to how much food is wasted and thrown away each year. For example, if a head of lettuce is thrown away in the trash and then it goes to the landfill, it actually takes 25 years for it to break down versus if you would have just composted it, it would have been a whole lot faster. Tips and ideas for preventing food waste can be heard about on episodes 29 and 31. So I did put those episodes together and just release them early. I was just going to do a quick recap for Stop Food Waste Day anyways. So just check those episodes out if you want to kind of get caught up. Up next is Mother's Day. Today is Thursday. I'm recording this, and Mother's Day is on Sunday. So hopefully I can get this recorded and edited and published really quickly. Anyway, so I was thinking about it. And Mother's Day is tough during quarantine. All holidays and birthdays, every every celebration is tough during quarantine. But here's what I've come up with. In regards to Mother's Day, it depends on who you are and who you're celebrating for or with. So if you're an adult and you're celebrating your mom, that's going to be very different than if you have like little ones at home and if you're a husband or a spouse or a partner and you're responsible for your wife, who's the mom, and you have to celebrate her with all your little kids. It's very different realms on what they want and or need. So here are the couple of lists that I put together. If you are an adult celebrating your mom, normally I would say, Go to the farmer's market and support local, but they're not open yet. You could buy a plant instead of flowers if you're able to get to the store. 
Homemade is probably the route that's going to be the most popular. You can make a homemade card, food, you can drop off a bottle of wine even. I know that one's not homemade, but you can make something and drop it off on the porch. You could do a drive-by parade, which a lot of people have done already. I hate to say that because the cars are pollution all that stuff. So if if your mother is close by, like mine is 2 hours away by car. But <laughs> so we would have to take the car to get there. But if they're close by and the weather's nice, you could do a bike parade. That would be really nice. You could even plan a delayed activity for when the quarantine is over. Like going for a hike or a canoe ride or horseback riding or going to the museum. Going out to brunch whenever the restaurants open back up. So it would be delayed, but you could just kind of do like a coupon. Do you remember when you were in elementary school, you had to make the little coupon book for your mom? Like, this coupon's good for one hug, and this coupon is good for one chore. This coupon is good for one grilled cheese sandwich, whatever. So you would now change that to the adult version, where this coupon is good for brunch at your favorite restaurant, or this coupon is good for a movie night, or this coupon is good for maid service. Oh yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> um, you could do it, or you could hire somebody to do the maid service. Also, you could do adult craft kits, like there are painting kits or stained glass kits, something like that for your mom, if she doesn't have any kids at home. Like, I'm talking you as an adult for your mom, so she's got time on her hands. Other ideas, I got this from Earth911. They had a nice article. You could do spring bulbs or tree sapling, reusable shopping bags, reusable cleaning cloths, an all-natural bath bomb handcrafted bird feeder or a butterfly feeder that's kind of cool even a mini herb garden for the window or the patio or a compost bin if they don't have one already or rain barrel because then they can collect the rainwater and they can water their garden with that and of course again don't forget the card you can do an e-card or a homemade card or if you want to go buy a card because you're not creative <laughs> then get one that's made from recycled paper so that's the more sustainable focused route now, the other option is if you are a husband or a partner, I should say, at home with kids celebrating your wife for Mother's Day, then the list is going to change a little bit. And I'm going to give credit to Amy Weatherly. I totally found this on Facebook. She made up this list. It's been shared all over the place, and it made me laugh hysterically. So I'm going to share it with you, but I'm going to give her credit. Her list had 15 items on it, and I picked my top 10 favorite that I'm going to share with you. So number one is to let her sleep in, or at least let her take a morning nap. Number two, folded laundry. Don't just wash it. Also, flip it to the dryer and dry it, and then fold it. Bonus, if you actually put it away, and that's laundry for the whole family, not just yours. Do hers and do the kids. Well, maybe don't do hers. Depends. <laughs> at least do the kids and yours. Ask her. If if you're comfortable doing hers and you know you're not going to screw it up, then you can do hers as well. Or at least fold it. At least fold it. Number three is to pee alone. I never realized how valuable that moment can be. <laughs> to pee uninterrupted. But now that I have a toddler who we are potty training, has he's obsessed with watching everybody pee and being in there. So yes, let her... Let her pee alone in peace. And it's okay if she hops on her phone on Facebook for 10 extra minutes while she's in there because you know that you do that too. So just let her have that moment. Number four is to eat 
without somebody asking her to get up and pour them a glass of milk or stealing her food or sneezing on her food. I promise she would really love being able to sit down and eating a hot, warm meal uninterrupted. (laughs) Number five, to take an uninterrupted shower or better yet, a long, hot bath. You could even get her a bath bomb. That would be so nice. Number six, a back rub. Do you hear that? A back rub. That's it. Just a back rub. Control yourself, husband, spouse, partner. Just a back rub. No strings attached. No, nothing else expected. Just a back rub. You could also do a foot rub. That would be nice too. Number seven, help her get the kids to smile and look at the camera for one single picture. Don't make her be the one to yell and stress and coordinate things. You take charge. Get everybody in to take the photo. Everybody smile. At least one good picture. There's never enough pictures. And at least in my personal experience, I'm always the one taking the pictures, so I'm never in the photo. I'm always the one to think, oh, that's a really cute moment with my kids and my husband. Be sure to get her in the photo too. Number eight, before you load the dishwasher, Ask her how she likes the dishwasher to be loaded, and then do it that way. Number nine, let her hold the remote control and let her pick the show. You can suffer through one show, it'll be okay. Because I have suffered through enough, (laughs) enough dumb shows that I don't get. So let her pick one show and don't say anything about it. Number ten, this is the most important one. Show her gratitude for all that she does. Let her feel seen and appreciated. Because surprise, women love compliments. Who would have thought? (laughs) This is the most important one, so don't miss it. Give her gratitude. Plus, it's free, so there are zero excuses. So all fellas, partners, spouses out there, you got this. You can do it. That is all for now. Remember, this is episode 35. So you can go to www.startingsustainability forward slash episode 35 if you want to get the show notes. If you have not already, be sure to check out our Facebook group because we're a lot more active there during this time of maternity leave. And I want to thank everybody for hanging in there and supporting me while I'm on this mother of two journey. (laughs) Still kind of figuring it out. I think that's everything. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I'm also watching the clock and I know that I'm out of time. This kid is going to start wailing pretty soon. He's already licking his lips and trying to eat his hands. So (laughs) I'm just going to go for now and I will talk to everybody next time I'm able to. Continue on with your sustainable journey and please keep sharing everything on the Facebook group. That way, if you have a really cool idea, you can share it and everybody else can also have a cool idea. So share what you did for Earth Day if you participated in Stop Food Waste Day, and also if you have any other additional ideas for Mother's Day, please share. I'll talk to everybody next time around. Hopefully I'll be more well-rested and a bit less scatterbrained. (laughs) Thank you again. Have a great rest of the week, everyone. Bye.